and welcome back to post-game content. As always, I am Max, and I am sitting here with the fabulous, the wonderful, the, oh, hell, I'll just say it, sexy, Michael Bonner. Michael, how you doing? You know, I started to believe you, and then there were too many adjectives, and I stopped. I've been married for too long to, to, to believe that shit, Max. <laughs> you can tell when somebody's buttering you up. Yeah, I get that. You don't have to uh, You don't have to butter me up that hard to get what you want from me. I'm an easy man. Like I said, I've been married for a while. So, oh, I'm good, though. That's I not appreciate a, you asking. That's not a terrible t-shirt. <laughs> Check it out on our web store right now. Michael, uh, we're just we're coming hot off the uh, the game awards for this year. How are you feeling about it? We talked a little bit during it, but uh, any surprises? Anything that you were you know taken off off guard by? Any uh, any announcements that you're excited about? Um, man, I would need a list to like really like to get a full handle on it. But I think the one that caught me off guard the most, just wasn't expecting it, was Hades Two. Man, it looks great. Um, yeah, I'm very excited about that. And Hades one was such a delightful surprise anyway. So, um, that's, that's a no brainer, frankly, Yeah, is making a sequel to that game. Yeah. They, I was watching it and the only thing that came out of my mouth while the trailer was running other than like, wow, this looks great was it looks a little samey, but also the yeah. game was fantastic. So I'm not going <laughs> to complain that much. Yeah. So but, I have kind of the same concerns about Silk Song. Um, whenever that ends up showing up, uh, it, it looks pretty similar to the same core gameplay as, as Hollow Knight, which is fine. Cause like, you know, if, if one scoop of ice cream is good, then two scoops of ice cream is also probably good. True. You know what I mean? True. That does not apply to pancakes though. You have one pancake and you're like, wow, this is great. And the second pancake, you're like, this kind of sucks. And the third pancake, you're like, I'm fucking done with this. It's like, I'm done. That is... <laughs> An incredible point. <laughs> but I, I think, I mean, they're on a timer with Silk Song. Was that? That was in like June or July. It was, yeah. They said, here are all the games coming out in the next year. And that was in mm -hmm. the lineup. So, I mean, sometime in the next six months, if we don't see Silk Song, Xbox is a bunch of liars. So. There's got to be news at some point. There just has to be. I mean, all we've gotten was that little, that little teaser. That's about as most as yeah. we've seen of it. So. With no date attached. <sighs> Sad. But all in all, Sad. like I was really I was really happy to <laughs> see uh all the all the new things that are coming out. I'm really excited for the new armored core. That looks fantastic. Uh hell yes. Miyazaki cannot get away from words like cinders and fire and like it's that true. whole that whole theme because like the text started to come up and it's one of two things. Either one, he just can't get away from that, or two, he did it intentionally to make us all like, whoa, is this Dark Souls? Even though the gaming community as a whole has known for a while that Armor Core is coming next. So Right. Yeah, it's funny that his writing is just kind of like that now. Yeah. Um, I'll be curious to see how... I don't think there's any chance that Dark Souls doesn't influence the core like gameplay of Armored Core at this point. I'll be curious to see how that actually like translates. It'll be sort of interesting. Yeah, and not, not to like circle too much on like the the souls conversation, but just because 
I, I, oh, have we talked about Dark Souls before? <laughs> I want to I want to make this point, and I want to revisit it offline, and maybe even anyone on on here that's listening can check check it out in the Discord. I'm scared, and I'm just going to say this, and we can move on from it. My thoughts on Elden Ring have, or I should say, my opinion of Elden Ring has gotten worse and worse and worse as time has gone on, arguably to the point where it is like we talked about before it's just trickling further down the ladder like mm-hmm. and nearly at the bottom on it i still like it more in dark souls 2 but i'm scared that because it was such a critically amazing reception that everything is going to be like this now and they won't go back to that like pattern yeah. that they had with like games like sekiro and um dark souls so we don't have to dwell on that. That is a whole podcast in and of itself. But um, Armor yeah. Core, at least yeah. the trailer looked fantastic. So now I did see something it's interesting th- about it, though. They said that Miyazaki started as the only producer, and that he is not he, the executive producer anymore. Like there's another, oh, there's someone else that's actually working on the project too. Like he's still involved. I think sure. what it probably is is this guy is taking on the role of executive producer and Miyazaki's like, I want to be creative design and be a part of everything because that's what he did with Dark Souls 3 as well and 1. He was involved right. in every aspect of it. So That makes uh, FromSoft's doing a lot right now yeah. and I'm sure like he was probably focused on like whatever's going on with Elden Ring and that team. For sure. You know, when it, whenever that uh, DLC comes out. So that makes sense. Yeah, as long as the... Uh, the DLC has some type of tie-in to Bill Clinton. I think the Game Awards was a tremendous success. I didn't <laughs> know if we were going to talk about that. You can't talk about the Game Awards without talking about the the bloody finger invading and you know dropping <laughs> dropping the uh, the Bill Clinton bomb for no reason. I'll, I don't, I'll I don't say this: there are there are points. Uh, you know, there are there are legitimate arguments you can make for either. God of War Ragnarok or Elden Ring bring game winning game of the year. I think there's a major point for God of War Ragnarok winning it because the dude who played Kratos would have handled that shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, barring another 15 to 20 minute speech. So <laughs> Yeah. I've seen a lot of But guess what? My- a lot of people like that's such a divisive topic. The you know, the uh the speech that went on for 20 minutes, people were talking about how it was disrespectful that they were trying to shove him off stage whenever it was such a good speech. But I don't think people understand how these awards work and the time that goes into it and you know, the timelines they have to stick to. And yeah, people pay for marketing and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, we're getting off topic again, but for sure. <laughs> and, and I know they say this every episode, but Michael, we're not here tonight to talk about Bill Clinton. Um, <laughs> tonight, speak for yourself. You and I. <laughs> Tonight, Michael, you and I are here to talk about a character called Batman. Never now, heard of him. I was going to ask, <laughs> do you need me to give you a brief introduction on who this character is? Yeah, give me um, a rundown. I don't, I'm not familiar. All right. Definitely, this is going to blow your fucking Definitely not off. familiar at all. <laughs> <laughs> he says fingering his Batman necklace Could you use a somewhat word? seductively. No, never mind. That worked <laughs> word worked fine. Just, it's totally- I said what I said. <laughs> Um, we are here to talk about Batman Arkham Asylum. Please stop doing that. <laughs> uh, 
obviously this game kicked off the like incredibly popular Arkham series and was I think you could argue probably the first like massively successful comic book game. Yes. Yes. Other than maybe like Marvel's Ultimate Alliance or something like that, those were pretty critically acclaimed like up to because I think at that point Marvel's Ultimate Alliance 2 had come out. Well, um, yeah, because those are Ultimate Alliance, I think, was that was a 360 launch title, I think. Yeah. So that was that was popular by default. But still, I mean, like, it, we had I, for those of you who don't know, I have a lot of like video game retail experience. I worked at GameStop for a while as, you know, unfortunately enough. But <laughs> RIP my soul. Um but but that was always a popular hit. Like it was really critically acclaimed and people loved it. But you're right. I mean, whenever that game like hit the hit the shelves for like pre-order and the first trailers that came out for it and announcement of like Kevin Conroy's involved, Mark Hamill's involved and they're like it's not like your standard, you know, cuz all these superhero games that came out were like you're just jumping around buildings and like I'm thinking of like the old Spider-Man or like I was going to say they're not all... naming any games in particular. <laughs> well, they're all they were all the same no matter which superhero game you were playing like you walk through this really distinct preset area, beat up a bunch of bad guys, there's a cutscene, you walk through the same area with a different skin, do the exact same thing. They were all that way. And this is like one of the first ones that like changed the narrative from like a superhero beat em up to a like action adventure title with a great story. Yeah. I think that's a good way to describe it is that it finally, I think this is the first game that really matched the core gameplay loop to the character. Yeah. Um, You know, where it it, it was a stroke of genius to realize like that the appeal of Batman really that people love a lot is not just that he's good at beating up bad guys. It's stealth. It's a lot of stealth gameplay. Um, and making those two work together, like, I, I, it, it spawned a thousand memes at this point that this game actually makes you feel like Batman. And I promised myself when I hit the record button that I was not going to use that phrase, but, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> fucking A, it actually does. Yeah, like, I, we talk a lot on this show about, like, the the connections that you're able to form with the characters, and this game is no different. Um and it's cool because it not just puts you in like the the head or the mind set of Batman, but like even some of the other characters that the games get intimate with and even on into Arkham City, especially with like the Joker and like some of the other characters that are just so pivotal to the story. You really get a sense for who those are. You don't feel the same connection you do with Batman, obviously, but like the mm-hmm. game channels what the comics do about how like Batman and Joker are like very yin and yang. So like as you get to know Batman, like the Joker you natively become to like get to know him and capturing that in a, in an artistic way, such as like a video game, or I should say an artistic medium, like a video game is Mm -hmm. like, has to be a really difficult concept that they just nailed. Like this game was fantastic. Yeah. And I think that's the first thing that I really want to talk about just to jump into it here. Um, when it comes to Arkham Asylum is just that presentation and the production value that they brought to it. A lot, I think, of the value this game brings is in its art design. Um, You know, I think it's really difficult to take characters that are as well-known as, like, Batman 
the Joker and design them in a way that feels fresh mm. and iconic. Um, yes. And Arkham nails it. And something that I was thinking about while I was like putting my notes together for the show was that like, just to put it in context, this game comes out in 2009, which means we're coming right off of The Dark Knight. Um, mm. It is a perfect time for a Batman release. And I guarantee you there's pressure to make things feel a little bit more realistic and gritty. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rocksteady doesn't do that. Like, I would argue that the main inspiration for all these characters is from the comics themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where they're, everybody's just a tiny bit exaggerated, you know? Like, things like the Joker's mouth, which is insane. Yeah, it's like it's gig- <laughs> It's gigantic, and he has pointy teeth, and it's never addressed. <laughs> um, or, like, Batman's insanely fucking ripped. Like, everything's just a little bit turned up, um, and I think it gives this game uh, such a, a voice, really, and, like, its own sort of take on a lot of the characters that I think was bold um, and pays off in spades. I think it comes across really, really well. Yeah, and all of them are just, like, so neatly woven into, the like, the story tapestry as well. There's, like, there's no character uh, that when it's introduced just feels like they were just giving it, you know, fan service to have them in the game, you know? Like, yeah. even, even the ones that are, like, in the... There's a lot of them that are, like, passively in the game, where there's, like, their cell or something like that where you get artwork and different types of mm-hmm. uh, little tidbits of information about him but like Clayface for instance like was, yeah. was really cool because you see it like but he's not a factor in the game at all he's just behind the wall pretending to be different other characters around Arkham so every every character feels fresh every character feels fun has their own unique twist and you're right it, it is very comic inspired it is it was not meant to be that realistic take and the, the artistic style they chose and you know presenting that all the way down to like the pause screen, switching to just like the black and white version of whatever's on the page and like comic books right. was just a just stellar choice. Yeah, it all feels it just feels very cohesive. Like they had such a strong vision for what they wanted these characters to be. Um, it's funny that you mentioned Clayface because I was going to be one of the first ones that I brought up for like I don't know side characters. Yeah. Um, there's a really a, I don't know. It really impressed me in the stupid little details. But if you use detective vision on Clayface, um, he doesn't have any bones. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I, I love that. It um, is you know, awesome. I, I think you can tell, like, down to the very foundation of this game, this was put together by fans. Um, there's a lot of smart references to the comics that you might miss if you're not, you know, a huge Batman dork. Um, and even like the concept for this, just to give a really quick uh, story synopsis. Um, uh, Batman brings Joker into Arkham Asylum. Joker escapes. Uh, Batman proceeds to have a bad night. It is. <laughs> I, love the, uh, I love that. I love that. It's kind of the perfect, like, Batman story, I think, right? Like, it's small-scale enough um, where it feels 
reasonable if this would take place over the course of an evening. Um, It has a setting where you can incorporate all of these different Batman villains, and that's where Batman gets to really shine. Um, And the stakes are, I don't know, I think they're about right. It it is kind of like, I, I wouldn't say it's pushing the boundaries of, of, you know, Batman stories, but it is, it fits well within his, uh, his wheelhouse, I would say. Yeah. And that, that's always the challenge when you're dealing with Batman. And that's why a lot of people have issues with Batman in the comics versus the representation of Batman in the movies has been Mm. what, whatever he's up against, you know, people are, you know, the classic Batman versus Superman, you know, the, the strength versus will versus intelligence, things like that. Um, so finding a keeping Joker as a central villain in the game, I think one was a great call because duh, it's the Joker. But two, like right. crafting a story outside outside of the boss battle, crafting a story, and you know we'll we'll get to that later. But crafting and a story will. that you're right, like matches the ups the ante for the stakes for where they're at and the potential harm to out outside of the particular setting that you're matched in all felt right. Um, And the presentation of that is excellent. And just the story is, I know we're talking about the story is just so damn smart in this. And I got a huge applause to the, the screenwriters and the, just the entire storyboard team for this game. Like it is just fun. Cause I remember like, obviously I know, when I replayed this, I knew the the story beats, but like hearing it all again and the little details and the tricks and all of that was it made it made me like laugh and smile all the time. I was like, this is fucking genius. This, this is yeah. so fun to go back through. It's just fun shit. I think you're absolutely right. Where like I, I think the scale is small enough for a Batman game. I generally um you know, I like Batman stories, they're a little bit more grounded mm-hmm. where he's doing much more like detective work and even if they're he's not going up against you know i i don't like reading him in the justice league and stuff because i don't think that should make sense yeah um so this is about right i think for for how to handle the character yeah um and all of it is like so you know we've got incredible art design um we've got an a like solid narrative to to uh hang everything else on um, and then they go and be above and beyond and get the absolute best cast possible. <laughs> like, yeah, it is amazing. Obviously, it's just like having everyone came to this game for Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill. Everyone stayed mm-hmm. for the supporting cast because everyone yeah. else was just as good. Like, even even like the people you only ever talk to on the radio or the Amadeus Arkham voice or like all of those were just so fun to listen to the Amadeus Arkham, like a uh, Chronicles was probably one of my favorite things about my revisit of the game. Just listening to like the tone of his voice and the stories that he was telling were just fucking awesome. Like it was so a- cool to revisit that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like, I, you know, the voice of Harley Quinn, like I, they got a lot of like, legacy batman people to be in this game and they did not phoned in no it like, was top, top to bottom just fun and like there were i discovered and learned a lot about the batman 
universe the first time I played this game. Um, yeah. I guess just a little bit of history about like my experience with Batman. My experience with it was like a lot of people's where Batman animated series and like the little cartoons and things that were on for Justice sure. League and and then it was uh, 2008, 2009, something like that. Whenever they rebooted um, the New 52 comic book line, I just sure. happened to be at the comic book shop the day all those launched. So I got all of them and read through <laughs> Batman and Robin, Batman Greatest Detective, Batman, and then The Dark Knight, all those storylines. And then I went back and visited the older, like, 400-ish up to, like, 600, but read through the Hush line, like, all of those. Ooh. And just that's where I really fell in love with it. Um, the rise of, like, digital comics was clutch for that because... Mm -hmm. Daddy was a broke college kid back then. <laughs> so, uh, but no, so like getting something like Arkham Asylum in tandem with that was like so awesome because little villains like uh, the Tweedledee and Tweedledum reference and the, you know, out in the Arkham Gardens with the seesaw and like all the yeah. little references and the Riddler, Riddler, pu Riddler puzzles paid such a great homage to just everyone that helps craft the Batman universe and brought Arkham to life in a way that it wouldn't have been just due to the fact that those people were there. They were around, they breathed life into the environment and you weren't going to get that if those things weren't in the game, it would have looked great. It would have felt great to be in. It would have been fun to traverse, but it wouldn't have felt like those villains had been there. I think that's absolutely true. There's so much world building that goes into it. And you know, if you're a fan of the character or have read the comics, you know, you, it, that pays dividends in this game. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if during that entire thing that Michael was saying, you started nodding furiously when he started talking about Hush, this game is for you, effectively. Yes. Oh, my God, Hush. Best, best Batman comic book arc. Changed my mind. So. <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> So, it's it's my personal favorite. I'll just say that. I, I, really I think it's incredible. I think it's very, very good. It, it is. Um, so it, my introduction to the character was very much more in the graphic novels mm. um, and reading through a lot of those. Hush is obviously incredible. That was written by the same guys who did uh, The Long Halloween, which is great. That's a great one. I think probably the biggest reference for a lot of the character designs in this game Um you know, where it's comic booky and sort of exaggerated, but like, I don't know, it still feels kind of grounded. Um, yeah, I, I could see that. My absolute favorite Batman graphic novel is actually Arkham Asylum. Oh, um, God, that's a really good one. <laughs> it ironically is enough. Like the, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll let you finish first. <laughs> no, it, it, um, the, uh, the art design is incredible, but it feels like, the biggest reference you get to that novel in this game is actually in those uh, Amadeus uh, yes. logs. I was gonna, like that storyline is very much pulled. That's exactly what I was going to say. Absolutely. <laughs> and I, I love that because like you get the idea of like someone who's like crazed. It, it mimics, <laughs> it just mimics Batman so perfectly because there's always been like mm. the, 
and I think uh, Scarecrow and Joker both make a reference to this in the game, but like the whole, you deserve to be here as much as we do, Batman. Like you're just as crazy yeah. as the rest of us. And it's a hundred percent true. And our mm-hmm. Amadeus Arkham, as you're listening through those Chronicles mirrors that same sentiment that while he's in here trying to help and save people, he just goes berserk and beats someone almost half to death. And, you know, like makes the realization that, I'm no better than these people, so I need to be better than them. So how do I do right. that? And it's it just mimics Batman so closely that you feel just yet another like really strong connection to this game and this character and something you already know about Batman as a Batman fan. And I'm not mm-hmm. sitting here to tell you that you won't enjoy this game if you're not a like you will find enjoyment in this game purely mechanically, if nothing else, if you're not a Batman fan. Uh, there's a lot to offer here, but if you are a fan of Batman and the lore and the stories and just character designs, all those things, you are going to really, really like this game if you haven't given it a shot, which if you haven't, it's been over 10 years. What are you doing? So You can pick this game up for $5. <laughs> it's insane that you haven't tried this game. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. So good. Um, yeah. I wanted to... There was one thing at the beginning of this game that upon like revisiting it and knowing that we were we're gonna record an episode about it, um, that I thought about it just it just kind of blew me away. Someone who knows Batman decently well, I'm not gonna sit here and say I know like comic books inside and out. There's a lot that I don't know. But someone that knows Batman decently well, I'm very familiar with the character. I'm familiar with the concept of Arkham Asylum and um the Joker and, you know, actually one of my favorite standalone graphic novels was The Joker. I don't know if anyone's ever read that one, but where oh, yeah. Batman's only in it in the shadows and or had just been there. And it's just like amazing being able to tell it from another person's perspective. But I got I, I got a lot of that feeling um, because that book is like whenever he gets out and this is whenever he's coming back in. And so it it was cool because all those characters being so familiar to me, when you're going back into Arkham to drop Joker off, it really captures the vibe and the feeling that you've been through this before. This is not a new situation and which is exactly what Batman felt. He's been through the situation. It just changed a little bit, but he's been here before. He knows the situation knows exactly what he's doing and this whole thing is designed as you are walking through and going through this whole tutorial phase to make you feel as familiar with everything as you can because you may not have played this game before, but you've been in this situation before. You know that something could go wrong. And I think that that was just such a pivotal design choice in the first 30 minutes of this game to make the player as comfortable as possible playing this character that honestly is intimidating to play in games because it's such a difficult vibe to capture. Yeah. And I I think that's a really good point is that there's such a sense of of you know rote routine in that first opening section um where it you're right it does feel like not only has Batman been here before but the Joker's been here before like this should feel like a day in the life. Mm-hmm. Um and it's such a good way to bring you into the world. And also, as you're going through the facility, give you a sense of, you know, um, 
the setting that you're going to be in for the next few hours, the characters that you're going to meet because you get cameos as people like walk by or are processed. You know, you get like a, a look at Killer Croc and realize like, oh, fuck, I'm going to have to deal with him at some point. <laughs> yeah. Sure hope I don't have to hit him with a thousand batarangs. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, but I, at the same time, though, like a lot of those like they leave you really questioning like how you're going to tackle these situations because mm-hmm. like in arguably like most of your layout and the most I shouldn't say layout most of your loadout is available to you at the beginning it just gets a little stronger as time goes on pending a few like yeah. explosives or different things like that but um mm-hmm. just really really strong connections formed very early because the game it goes no send on you and the, it goes wild really quickly and so i think it, mm-hmm. it literally like holds you for a few minutes and makes you feel comfortable and then just shoves you into the action but you're okay with the push and yeah i feel it feels really natural it feels really good and like the strong transition from thinking this is going to be like an action game whenever joker takes off and then like immediately pushes you into okay remember batman's a detective and uh, i would argue i would say this game's like 60 percent detective 40 percent action and I love that. I love it so much. That's interesting. I think the plot, yes, that's absolutely true. Because this isn't, it, at it's, its true. core, it this is, is a... That's true. Good point. This is a mystery game. Um, you know, figuring out what the Joker's plan is and sort of putting those pieces together is like, that's the main narrative drive. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. Like, as much as we'll talk about how fucking good the combat system is, it's it's only like a third of what I'd argue is three pillars of the game. Mm. You know, it is it is the combat, it is stealth sections, and then it's uh, exploration, kind of like light platforming. Yeah, I would say are like the three main sort of pillars of the gameplay. Yeah, um, and it's a, it's just such a solid blend of those two because there's moments where you're doing just all of them at one time. And it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like you're transitioning between them. It just feels like you, you become so comfortable with the control scheme here. And it's, I said this when we were discussing Metroid Dread because God knows I'm getting familiar with everything I've said in that episode. But um, <laughs> like continuing to form that connection in a very tight control scheme very much smooths out how you feel with Batman over the course of this game. Um, the a couple of the segments that like when you're just the ability to just run freely is great mm-hmm. and then you hit something and your character will automatically vault over it and then you have the ability to zip line up a wall and just seamlessly start running and then jump over something else and glide down like there's no stopping and re like reorganizing or re-centering yourself or anything like that it's like you really get the vibe that like Batman is in his prime. He knows what he's doing. You're not new Batman like you are in, in Origins, which wasn't a huge fan of that game, but it was still great. Um, yeah. There is a sense of mastery and veteranism to Batman in this game and how comfortable you get with the controls really enforces that sense that you have as as Batman in this. So it's 
all, yeah. I'll be to say the controls are fantastic. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I think that's absolutely true. And also, the, um, I, I think a lot of the, um, the animations for Batman are incredible. And that particularly comes out during combat. Mm-hmm. Um, combat is sort of, I would describe it as kind of, a, a, it's almost a rhythm game. Mm, um, yeah. where you're mixing between attacks, counters, and dodges. Um, but what makes the whole thing sing is how well Batman is animated. So there's kind of it's there's kind of a thorny puzzle in figuring out priority targets and figuring out when to block and when to attack. Um, but the how reactive Batman is to attacks um, and how seamlessly his combos seem to come together gives you that sense of, of mastery that you were talking about. Um, you know, while you're just handling like a couple of buttons, Batman's doing the brunt of the work, I would say. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but it's what's well, so cool. Cause like, it feels like you said, it feels like a dance, like, the yeah. way that you fight in this game because like you'll have three or four or five guys coming at you and what's great about this is like a lot of games have this like counter ability to where it's just like anything that's coming at you you can counter them but in this game it's like if you are getting attacked and you're mid flow you can't just like stop attack and counter like if you're mid something and something's behind you batman can't just like he won't just like glitch and then be back there and like block an attack you're gonna have to take right. a hit every now and then mm-hmm. and yeah you know, that's why you have an armored suit deal with it so now <laughs> i'm not saying there's a way you could have couldn't have avoided that but i like how the game is okay with letting you take damage it's okay with you know letting you learn that you know you need to find a better way to approach this because you're going to take hits if you don't prioritize um and the game is really smart at setting you up for success in that way um but the combat is set up in a way that, like you said, it just it just flows so smoothly and being able to time how long an enemy will stay down or which enemy is closer to you so you can seamlessly jump, hit, jump, hit, move back and forth kind of like in a... In, you, you inevitably, when playing this game, will get in that rhythm where you're like circling around the room hitting people until you get like yeah. the, the one-hit knockout punches uh, combo set up if you've unlocked it. It's... um. It's just a great sense of progression in combat and in story. Like, a- as the story gets deeper and deeper, there become more and more enemies, more complex enemies, and you learn at a really solid pace uh, to how to handle it, and it, n- it never feels too overwhelming. And when it does, you just got to figure it out, you know? That's just part of being Batman. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think that's a really good point. Um one of the like i i think one of the proofs of concept that shows that this combat system works really well is there's an upgrade you can get that gives you um bonus damage if you attack people like it says in the in the upgrade like at the right time like you get like critical hit damage if you attack at the right time um you don't need to hear any more than that because after a couple of fights, you start to figure out what that flow is. Yeah. Like you start to, to see the dance come together, like to continue your metaphor. Yeah. And I, um, I remember like when this game came out, how 
critically acclaimed like this combat system was because that was what everyone was talking about before it came out was what's fighting with like with fighting as Batman going to be like because it needs yeah. to be he needs to be like this ultimate you know ninja warrior and you know stealthy and but yet like able to kill like super deadly and I remember those conversations mm-hmm. with all the chunguses that were in and out of GameStop every day and <laughs> and the game didn't disappoint it made you feel very powerful it made you feel very good but also like if you get hit you know you're a human being you you've you get dazed and you take a hit and you stagger and then you got to reorient yourself and get back into the flow you know can't let it knock you over yeah i think one of the best litmus tests for uh whether or not a a system in a game has been implemented correctly is that it makes you feel like a badass if done correctly, but you have to have the ability to fuck it up. For sure. And this absolutely has that. Um, Both in the combat and in the stealth sections, which I think are like the two strongest parts of this game, I would argue. Yeah, Um, I agree. I do wish that the game's base difficulty was like they had moved, scaled up everything, like pushed normal to easy and then nor- mm-hmm. or normal to hard and like that. But it's very, the game is very generous <laughs> with your health. It's very generous with um, being able to counter. It kind of auto counters for you at a certain point. Um, gives you big flashing indicators when an enemy's about to hit you. But if you like, For sure. if you want to really feel like Batman, play this game on hard because like mm-hmm. you'll take a little more damage, uh, not like bullet spongy stuff. You're a bullet. If you get hit with bullets, you're pretty much like boned in any difficulty. Like you need to get if out If you're of the getting way. hit with bullets, you've already fucked up. Yes. Frankly. Exactly. Like damage shouldn't matter at that point. Like <laughs> a lot of things have gone wrong at that point. And that's just <laughs> good general life advice. Like you should probably just not put yourself <laughs> in that situation. <laughs> That's a that's a pro gamer tip. <laughs> Max is pro gamer tip number four. We have finally got another one, ladies and gentlemen. If there are, if you're getting hit with bullets, you've made mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but um, oh, but yeah, I I think my favorite feature about the uh, the harder difficulties is it removes the counter tell like the big flashing yeah. lights. And you really just had to pay attention to where you're at in the combat, who's around you at all times. And it puts you even more inside the cowl, so to speak, to be able to, you know, oh my goodness, someone's coming up behind me. I, instead of instead of hitting that button when you see the lights, you hit it when you feel or see the enemy coming at you. Like it, it, it really changes up the way. I played the last, uh, the playthrough we did for this podcast on the hardest difficulty and... I've played this game like seven times in the past. So like, that's not, I'm not trying to flex. I just am really familiar with the game, but I recommend everyone give it a shot because once you play, play through it on the normal difficulty, like it feels more like an accessibility option than it does like how the game was meant to be played. But like, I don't say that because the game is more fun when it's hard. It's going to be fun Mm -hmm. regardless, but you really feel more like Batman when you have to be more in control with how vulnerable you really are. Yeah, I think that's fair. And and you're right. There are a lot of like, I don't know, cushioned sort of mechanics. Like the fact that you get health back after finishing every fight. 
yeah. to the point where he may as well have just had like respawning health. Like, <laughs> yeah, you hit one enemy and it's like, oh, you get fifty XP. XP is health in this game. Like you, the experience right. you get refills your health. So, which mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I have to imagine there were, that was probably one of the more difficult decisions to make was how do you refill your health in this game because like. It's not like time passes, you know, all this happens in the course of like arguably like eight to 10 hours in, in real yeah. time. So it's not like, you know, if he got shot, he could be like, ah, oh, pick out the bullet and be like, just spray some chem fluid on it and just regrow your fucking arm back onto your hand. But, um, but you know, we all, to be fair, <laughs> what you just described is the healing like system for Metal Gear Solid three, which I think we can both agree <laughs> It's fantastic. <laughs> and Resident Evil. So Oh, that's true. <laughs> but I I mean, I'll just say I've never seen Batman and Ethan Winters in the same room. I don't know about you, but <laughs> uh, uh, no, but Batman has like four brain cells, which so can't be <laughs> Ethan Winters. <laughs> that's four more than Ethan Winters has. Holy exactly. <laughs> fair enough. Fair point. <laughs> but um also, Batman fights a lot of mutant plants in this game, and I think for Ethan Winters, that would be conflicting. That's true. <laughs> Damn, savage. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, he's moss. Who cares? <laughs> You're a literal scum, Ethan Winters. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I, I like the... Um, I like how vulnerable you are in this game. Like, I like that if, especially on hard mode, if someone nails Batman in the side of the head with a baseball bat, it's going to hurt a lot. And, right. Or a metal pipe, or he just gets lit up by gunfire. It kills him. Like, it's just, mm. even on the normal difficulty, you can only tank bullets for just a few seconds before you yeah. die. So, I, I like it. I, it puts you more in line, and even in, like, the stealth sections are arguably like just really really well rounded as far as what batman's capabilities are um because it just it entirely changes how the game plays when you move into that category so yeah i like how well defined they are like you're never surprised when you're going into a stealth section um but it, it makes it clear that this is kind of like now we're going into a puzzle um you know which gives you a sense of like almost comfort and familiarity, which I think Batman would probably have because this is his fucking day-to-day shit. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah, I agree. Uh, But all of them are unique. All of them are set in these kind of like, um, you know, uh, uh, self-contained rooms with a bunch of goons around. And there's generally some stakes of like, you know, you have to take everybody out without being seen. Or everybody has guns, which means that if you're seen, it's going to be a problem for you. Yeah. Like, um, they're all just sort of interesting. And, like, some of them are kind of head-scratchy. What I like about it is there isn't one, like, correct way to solve them. Mm-hmm. You know? You're given sort of a sandbox to play around in. So, if, you know, you're a fucking scrub, yeah, you can use all the statues and basically never touch the ground and just do inverted takedowns for everybody. You can do that. That's totally valid. Or you can be a fucking Chad and start using explosive gel to set up traps (laughs) on people. I like how there's like, that's the two ends of the spectrum. Like 
<laughs> Inverted takedowns or explosive gel? <laughs> Inverted takedowns are for cowards. I'm going to say it. <laughs> explosive gel is for the real boys. Uh, real boys are chads, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it here. <laughs> uh, no, I, I found myself like... Inverted takedown, you would use, like, honestly, you can't use it after, after a certain point because the game's, like, progression doesn't stop at the combat or the intelligence of the enemies. Like, they get to the point where they will literally inhibit certain abilities that Batman has to stop stealth. Like, the game is... Yeah. The enemy here is face-to-face combat, and... That's what the enemy wants you to have to focus on. So he starts picking away your ability to play stealthily because he knows that's Batman's greatest strength. And I love that because it's like the game was designed knowing Batman. Like this isn't just a superhero game. It, It was designed with the villains with an intelligent mind getting inside the head of Batman and going, okay, like if we can see him, he's not a problem. So how do we make it so where we can see him? So they start right. taking away your inverted takedown ability. They start making enemies uh, have sirens on them when they they go down. So it gives away your location and just little things like that. There's a super smart design and really there are forces so you many to things up how you play. Yeah, there's so many things about the design of those stealth sections that I think really show that um, the developers understand the power fantasy of Batman. Mm. One of the things that I think they do incredibly well is like, um, you know, when you're looking down on everybody, you know, from a perch or whatever, it'll show you not only like where they are, but also will show like their heart rate, like (laughs) whether or not they're scared. (laughs) And like, that is so clearly like, that is what you want to be. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like it, all of those, all of those stealth sections are great because it's a boss fight, but you're the boss. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's so true that is like a really good point <laughs> like you batman owns every environment that he steps into and you really get to feel that when you're able to see everything and it's so clear that the people that you're up against do not have all the information that you do like yeah that imbalance is what really creates the 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 sense of um mastery and and power yeah that's what that's what creates the superhero vibe like that this yeah. game is going for because like it really the game does a great job of making batman feel human but like little things mm. like that like elevate him to that next level like right below superhuman so it's just yeah it's really cool now i that's like it's actually one of the few complaints i have about this game since we're talking about it, i'll bring it up here there's not a sink we're dealing with like criminally insane people these people are in <laughs> arkham because they are literally insane and they are they want to kill and murder do anything they can do what doesn't matter what happens every single one of them is terrified i get it batman's a scary dude but like i wish that there had been a few sections where it's like when it gets down to like the last one or two people in these big areas they were just like they're just like fine like they're they don't care like it's if i go down whatever like because they literally they're psychopaths so i just that would be sort of interesting well it it was more of like a setting complaint to me because you're literally in one of the i think in batman lore arkham 
asylum as like one of the most insane, clinically insane places in lore, right? It is. So I have, there is a lore explanation, which is that beforehand the Joker had a whole bunch of his thugs shipped in from Blackwater, uh, which is okay. like, that's right. I so that's about mostly that. who you're fit. Now there are moments where you fight people who are absolutely insane. That is true. They come right at you. Like, they don't give a full send. They do right. not care. <laughs> so I don't know. If you're feeling uncomfortable, you can tally up how many mentally ill people Batman <laughs> suplexes during this game. And that number's in the high double digits. Doesn't kill anyone, though. He will literally grab their faces, bang them against, like, concrete walls, punch them continuously into the floor, but God dang it, they are alive, right? Right, yeah. They're in the hospital for the rest of their lives, but they are alive. He is technically correct, the best kind of correct. <laughs> what what a hero. <laughs> That's my dad. I based so, based solely on that comment, I do wish you're right. I wish they had hit that like uh th that point about villains pointing out that Batman should be in there with them with them. I wish they had hit that a little bit harder in this game. Yeah, I agree. I, I think I think that was a missed opportunity because Batman's a fucking sociopath. <laughs> Fact. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I do love the Batman purists that are just like so dead set on the fact that like Batman's perfect and he can do no wrong. And it's like, you've obviously never read any comic book because he gets the shit kicked out of him literally all the time <laughs> by almost yeah. literally every single villain that he fights. So Go ahead and read <laughs> Batman year one and tell me that Batman's perfect. <laughs> Oh, man. I love Batman as much as the next guy, but you got to be willing to concede on the little things. But you're right. You can't say that while you're wearing a Batman necklace. You have to know that. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Know thine enemy. <laughs> <laughs> now, I do love, like, talking about, like, the the insane people. I like the, the variety in this game. Like, the enemy variety, <laughs> because you do have those, like, Blackgate thugs. You have, like, random inmates that are just free roaming around Arkham and like their own little groups. Then you have right these actually insane people that just like sprint at you. Like you get the feeling that they would just like if anyone they saw anyone else, they would do the same thing. And mm -hmm. I love how easy it is just to take those guys out. It's just like you just pick them up and just, like, just crush yeah. them. <laughs> you know, because Batman's an insensitive prick. What do you want from the guy? <laughs> <laughs> they do make for some of the, like, I don't think this game necessarily has jump scares, but they do use those guys like, like almost like jump scares. It is true. If you're not paying attention, which if you're, if you play this game and you don't walk around the entire time in detective mode, you're, you're insane. Um, yeah, it's, but, <laughs> it's free. It costs nothing. <laughs> um, but like those guys, like will just start screaming and then run at you, and then he'll be like, "Oh God!" I'll punch him in the face and suplex him, and immediately get up and be like, "Barbara, I found your father. Are you okay?" <laughs> <laughs> like it has already left his brain. <laughs> He's just collapsed an entire spinal cord. <laughs> that dude literally That's didn't so even true. know what he was doing, and Batman's like, <laughs> yeah, "God, what a not freak!" Even a thought. <laughs> 
We, oh my you God. had to have known walking into this episode about Batman that we we can't you have you have to be able to call out the the little things like that with Batman because Batman's not he's a he's a man walking around in his underwear absolutely crippling the mentally like <laughs> afflicted population. That's basically his job. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's such a funny point. Um, <laughs> But to get off the topic of beating up mentally ill patients in a, in a hospital, um, as we the, often do, the enemy variety is fun in this game. Um, yeah, because because of that reason, because like you have like these different types of guards that are like some that will have like these weird knives or some you have to stun, and it's not just a variety of different enemy types because they all look a little different. They are oddly all really buff and in shape, but what else do you have to do in prison for, you know, 20 years? So I guess that's true. One of the things that I think is really impressive about this art style is that not only is it distinctive, expressive, and like, you know, kind of evokes the comics that inspired it, but it's really legible, mm. which I think is tough, especially when, you know, you're right. You've got different enemy types that all do different things and make it really important for you when you're playing to prioritize targets, mm -hmm. um, you know, in a crowd of 20 and be able to pick out like, okay, that guy needs to go down first. Yeah. Um, and this game makes that really easy, which I think is really impressive. Like, you know, it's, it's not like these enemy types have crazily different silhouettes. You know, everybody is basically like an average, if insanely jacked human. Um, but they all stand sort of differently. There's enough visual cues that enable you to snap into like, I know what that guy's deal is all about. Um, it's a good point, which, which, which makes combat like kind of a, it, it's a joy because it's not frustrating at any point. If you get hit, it's wildly obvious who hit you and why it happened. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, and most, most often than not, it's because you overcommitted to a combo. Yes, that I was just gonna say that that is that is always the reason that I get hit. So, yeah. or I got greedy trying to like stealth kill someone, and then someone walks around the corner, and it's like, okay, Batman, do you really need like thirty five <laughs> seconds to seconds knock this to guy out? Somebody <laughs> Come out. on, <laughs> it's so true. Or it's like, um, you know, you do the the takedown combo. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or like when you've got like, you know, a five built up and you're able to instantly take somebody down and it takes, well, no, that's not even the one I'm thinking of. It's when somebody's on the ground and you have the option to like a leap over them out. and jump on. Yeah. Yeah. But it takes a billion years for some fucking reason. <laughs> yeah. It, well, he has to glide down gracefully and then land right. on them and then, you know, wind up his fist. <laughs> Yeah, he has to hold them down for a second, <laughs> stare lovingly into their eyes, and then punch them out. Exactly. He's not going to suplex everyone. Come on. Right. No, he's not crazy. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, it's... um The variety in, in enemies, like, even beyond just, like, how they look, it, it's fun. Like, because the, it almost feels like because you're right. I mean, there's like arguably like six or seven different types of enemies in the game, but it never feels that way. It always feels like every enemy is like 
meant to be there or is like freely roaming around Arkham like on their own mm-hmm. volition and like even though yes everything's scheduled because it's a video game and you never get that vibe like or they're ordered to be there or they're just casually standing around like whining about like what are the jokers doing or like did you see this like I saw poison ivy like got out of her cell like walking around the botanical gardens like they just talk freely about other things that are happening there and like enemy design in a game where there's what combat driven game is very important because it sets the tone for your expectations of the enemies moving forward because you know there's a certain limitation to that type of thing so like enemy narrative is like one step further and the ability to use that type of although limited in the scope of it, the ability to use that as like a driving force and to like driving continuity into this evolving world as you move forward is awesome. Like you just, you don't get that in video games very often. No, I think you're right. And it creates such a sense of place. Arkham is so fully realized in this game. Like the setting is kind of small, I would say, but by the end of it, you know, you know, every hallway, you know all the buildings, mm. you know the central locations and stuff. Um, and it feels so fully realized, partly because of like that excellent enemy placement. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it just feels so natural. You're right. It doesn't feel like they're just kind of dropped in randomly. Yeah. Um, so generally speaking, I think we've talked about games that, you know, we kind of consider to be sort of perfect and like wholly realized in their vision. And Arkham Asylum for me, and your mileage may vary here, I think is not a completely perfect game, but I think is so wholly realized in its vision that like, you know, I can look past its flaws. Yeah, Um, agreed. But I do want to talk about their flaws Mm. because it is kind of funny. (laughs) <laughs> and a big one is the fucking boss fights in this game are ass. <laughs> Every single one of them is so fucking trash. Yeah, so there's like, there's a creative vision, all right? Like, they sit down in this room and, you know, the, the brain trust gets this idea of like how they can make Batman and how they can make the enemies and the combat flawless and the story just flows so well. And then they, that's like, they were like, okay, by the way, the game comes out tomorrow and we haven't done any of the <laughs> boss battles yet. What do we do? <laughs> Shit. And I don't know whether they're just bad or if they're just bad in comparison to the rest of the game, because they're all gratuitously easy, even on the hardest difficulty. Yep. None of them are a great representation of the characters that you're fighting outside of maybe the Harley Quinn battle, but it's because it would be a battle and they show that pretty, they do a really good job of showing that at the end of it. That's exactly what she would do is just throw a whole bunch of fodder (laughs) at you and make things slightly more difficult. Yeah. I mean, yeah, her whole boss was just setting up for you to see Mr. Freeze's holding cell. And you're like, this is fucking awesome. Um, (laughs) But like, you're right. I mean, all of them are just, they're not great. Like, let's just lay that out there. The only thing I can assume is that all of these people who came together, who are, you know, Rocksteady is incredible, like, developers. 
they're super good. And they must just never have played a video game before. Because some dude in the meeting was like, what if, what if there's a big guy who charges at you and you got to trick him into running into a wall? And everybody's like, I've never played a video game before, but I guarantee you nobody's ever done that before. <laughs> that sounds fucking genius. Yeah. And then what if every enemy after that that's almost as large does the exact same thing every time? <laughs> they, no joke. Half of the boss battles in this game are just against Titan guys and Bane, which is the same fucking fight. It's just the first Titan guy, right? Like, it's just the, fir yeah. the first one that you fight or something they, like that. They, they start as they mean to continue, for sure. It's that one. It is... I I don't even fucking know what you'd call the Killer Croc segment. Is that a boss fight? What is that? Uh, it's not stealth. It is. It <laughs> is like. <laughs> it's it's like a, it's like a maze. It's it's literally like Outlast <laughs> meets Batman because he's just chasing but, you around and you just have to avoid him. But and I get I get it's a challenge because like hand to hand. It's tactical walking. Yeah, uh, it is. It is until he's finds you anyway like hey right. don't move very quickly or else he'll find you but he's gonna find you anyway so i i don't know i, I don't get it it didn't make a lot of sense uh there's they could have got the brain trust together to, to develop some some different ways to handle it um i'm okay with what they were trying to get you to do like because i get batman wasn't down there because of a beef he had with killer croc like it yeah. was all about avoiding him but like the know. narrative down there is fine and like it's towards the end of the game and things are tense where like you're trying to construct like a cure at this point like there are a thousand good reasons to be down there mechanically <laughs> uh, kind of dumb yeah for sure i i don't know and like the the foresight that they had to where it's like everyone knows Batman as like a tactical mastermind. Like yes. he's, he's fantastic, but like how in the world did he know to put that gel on the ground? <laughs> exactly there. It bothers me every time. <laughs> <laughs> the sonar thing I get, that was like big brain move. Like he's like, I'll put the sonar mm -hmm. thing up here so I can find my way back. Great. That, right. that made a lot of sense. I wouldn't have thought of that. I would have been fucked. I would have died down there. But like that was cool. But the <laughs> the bat gel on like this this floor that he how would he I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> it's just so weird. I you know what I think the thing is, and I'm I'm just kind of thinking this through now, is like this game, when it is good, it fucking sings. It is so incredible. And when it's bad, it's so bad as to be kind of charming. <laughs> but it, it, again, Do you know what I mean? Is it because it's that bad, or is it because the other parts are just so well done that it makes? Well, I think that's true. Out? Yeah, like it's never frustrating at all. No. Like I don't, I don't think the, some of the boss fights are annoying. Most, all of the boss fights are annoying. I will say like, that the boss fights that are not annoying that I actually think are really well done are the scarecrow bits. Because they're, oh, yeah. those are fantastic. Oh. Like, I thank love, you. I love I, those. Because I definitely don't want to forget about those. Those are incredible. Yeah. Um, 
And like something that I can't believe wasn't carried forward into the other Arkham games. Yeah. Like they never try this again. And it's some of the, the best bits in this game. You know, but it, no, I was thinking about my all in moment. I literally just wrote the word like, come on. <laughs> yeah, for like, sure. <laughs> come on. Batman's going down an elevator and starts coughing. That's my all in moment. Yeah. I love that. The little tiny tells and the, the Jim Gordon's dead and like that whole th- just flawless execution of yeah. of that. And like it just builds on itself like so neatly and like fourth wall breaking level shit too, to where it's like mm-hmm. further building up that idea that you are Batman while you're playing this game. Like the game over screen, and like I remember, I remember the first time I played this game. I literally was like, "What just happened? Why can't like the game just froze?" And then yeah, it came back in, and I was like, "The whole thing reset." Oh, what's happening? And then I started to piece it together. I was like, "This is fucking cool," but like, it happens three times where Scarecrow gets a hold of you, and each Mm. of them have like this beautiful segment like leading up to them that just get more and more intense as he's like pumping you full of the scarecrow toxin and i want to focus on the scarecrow portions because we just got them shitting on some of the other ones i do want to talk about the other (laughs) ones uh but like i love this because if you are a batman avid batman reader I should say, because this isn't really something they hit on like a ton. They always talk about how smart Batman is and how he's a great fighter. But one of the things that comics, I feel, does the best is focuses on Batman's willpower and his ability to survive. Yeah. And I don't remember. I think it was in the Court of Owls, maybe. It was, I don't remember what specific comic comic it was, but I remember there was a comic where he was in a sewer or some like down some drain or something. He just got the absolute shit kicked out of him. His like legs were broken and he was like, he could barely lift himself up by one arm. Like he he couldn't use his other arm at all. He was bleeding Mm. thirsty. Like, and he climbed this like 400 foot wall underneath inside the sewer to climb out. And like the whole time, there's like 20 pages of dialogue of what's going through his head and how he's, keeping himself alive and this game in this moments do a really good job of mirroring that type of survival but they have to change the way that the game is like the game tells that story like yeah they have to represent it differently um and i think the presentation carries a lot of the the actual mechanics of those of those moments yeah because like you know it a lot of the scarecrow thing is really just a platforming challenge, mm-hmm. um, but it's done so well and presented so interestingly um, that it can it can get away with that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, a hundred percent. And it does a really good job of like take not making you think that it's a it's a platforming challenge. It really feels like it's you versus scarecrow in those moments, like. Yeah. It's not like I'm just running around the circle of a tower like up at the top of Mario 64 floating island level. Like you, you it it arguably is very much that. But it doesn't feel that way because of how connected you are to this story and this narrative that's being told. Um and then there's I think it's all Go ahead. Oh, it, it's one of the few moments in this game where you feel the power bound, like dynamic shift mm. very radically. You know, 
like we were talking about in a lot of the stealth sections and a lot of the combat sections, you're playing as Batman and it feels incredible because it is so empowering. You're in control of both of those scenarios. Um, the Scarecrow sections kind of rip that away from you. Mm -hmm. um, you know, where not only does the character not know what's going on, but through those fourth wall breaks, you don't know what's going on. For you know, sure. you've lost control of the experience, absolutely. So I think that's what makes those segments so memorable for a lot of people is because the, the rug is really pulled out from under you. Yeah, I agree. And I love, I love the last part whenever you beat Scarecrow for the last time before he gets <laughs> mauled by Killer Croc. Um, when you finish that, whenever he's like on the other side of the bars and you're just like holding him by the neck and you don't see him grab him or right. anything. He's just holding him by the neck. And he's just mm -hmm. like, that was my all in end moment when he's like, I just gave you enough to like take down 10 men and yeah. And then he gets, he gets away like that right there. It like that was written by a fan that was written by someone who's read comic books. Like that whole like mm -hmm. little arc, they know how like strong Batman's will to survive is. And I, I love that that came out in this game. Cause that was frankly one of my worries as I was playing through it. Cause I didn't feel that throughout the entire thing and that hit and i was like that's what i was looking for this is a this is a masterpiece uh, yeah and then there are other boss battles that make me not feel like <laughs> it was a masterpiece oh no you didn't love that poison ivy <laughs> boss battle i think that's one of the few times you and i actually talked about the game while while we were playing through it was the point i had to talk to somebody because i thought i was going to pull my hair out <laughs> it goes on so long mm -hmm. like way too long yeah, um, and it there's no variation in the gameplay loop either. Like it's no, that's what makes it so bad. Is it's already dumb. Like it's it's really poor <laughs> game design. But don't make me do it a million times to, just to get through it because it wasn't hard. It was just dumb. <laughs> that's uh, for all of the like expertise and all of the understanding that I think these developers showed for a lot of the characters throughout eighty five percent of this game. When it comes down to the boss battles, it feels like outside of the Harley Quinn fight, because again, I and again, that might just be like happenstance that, that worked out that way. <laughs> it was, I think. Because <laughs> that is what Harley Quinn would do. That made total sense. Um, but it feels like those these boss fights don't represent these characters well mm. in any way. You know? Bane is supposed to be so scary to Batman because he is like the probably the only villain who can match him both physically and mentally. Yes. And he's reduced to just like, you know, running into fucking walls yeah. over and over again. You know, you don't get a sense of, of who these people are in any of the boss fights, I don't think. And that comes down right to even the Joker fight is insane. Yeah, this, uh, that was, like, I think is probably, like, the Poison Ivy fight is probably my least favorite. But I think the final boss battle is very close because this game goes out of its way to show you the meticulous plan that Joker's put together. Like, just mm -hmm. how chaotic, but chaotic but meticulous he really is as a villain. And 
uses Batman, his knowledge of how Batman thinks against him the entire time. And his boss battle is literally reduced to him wanting time on the camera. Like that's <laughs> literally what kills him. Like he gets distracted by a helicopter <laughs> three times. It's so bad. Like it just, ah, <laughs> uh, now like the design wasn't great for Venom Joker. The, the bot battle sucked. However, mm. Batman putting explosive gel on his fist and punching Joker in the face was fucking awesome. Like that rule. That was really cool. That yeah, that makes sense. That's something that Batman would do. That's sacrificing his body for the play. He's a kind of heads up player like that. That's a, he is what I like to call an absolute unit. And he, yeah. he really displayed it in that moment. He really did. I I thought that was like not only did that make sense for the character, but also incorporated like um you know, a gameplay mechanic into the ending cutscene in a way that felt like, yeah, this is a tool that he would use. Yeah, like incorporating his gadgetry that feels familiar into like a big, mm. a big bad ass ending. Yeah. Like it. When I replayed it again, I I very much got like the ending of Wind Waker vibes when like it's the most artful and cartoony Zelda out there yet you're it's the only mm. one where you embed your sword into Ganondorf's face it's true <laughs> and I think really at Batman's core he's the kind of person who would break his own arm to punch someone <laughs> I, I, yeah I mean that's probably happened a lot <laughs> so if you could distill him down to like one act it's probably that <laughs> And I, it really, it really does hurt me because like the, it goes on to like the other games too, because I don't, I can't think of a really great boss battle in any of the Batman games. Like they're all pretty middling. A yeah. lot of people point to the Mr. Freeze fight in Arkham City and I, it, it's fine. Yeah, I didn't really it's care not for terrible. it that much. I mean, it, it, yeah. it feels it it feels more natural for the for the character. Like it feels better than like having him be up on some giant mech or something like that that I could totally see them doing. But right, like, I mean, I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I know people like Arkham Knight. It's fine. It's a fun game. But having Batman's final battle with Deathstroke be in a fucking tank was the dumbest, poorest game design decision ever. The only villain that has ever beat Batman in hand-to-hand -hand combat consecutively multiple times should have been a hand-to-hand -hand combat battle. Yeah. And that is yeah. so frustrating. <laughs> it's a really good point. You know what? It, it feels like they just don't trust their combat system enough to carry a boss fight. You know what I mean? Which is ludicrous like, because it's the best it combat system in games as a whole. Like, well, I shouldn't say if, the best. It's one of the best. Yeah. But yeah, there's a million other games that have like, you know, copped this, this combat system. Um, you know, this is the start of basically everything. And you're, I, I don't think they trusted enough to make a boss fight out of it. Deathstroke would be a natural fit for that. Yeah. You know? I agree. Given like the amount, of, you know, like we've talked about in this game, there's 8,000 different like enemy varieties that you have to deal with, right? If 
I mean, Deathstroke, like, uses bladed weapons, can use shock weapons and things. Having all of that rolled into one character to make a one-on-one fight, I think would be really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And and it goes, it's been a long time since I've played Arkham Knight because I didn't think the reveal was that strong. I saw it from a mile away and I just didn't feel the game was heavy enough in what made those games great. But if you, if, if you heard us mention any comic book, you know, during this and went, yep, read that, then you know the twist of Arkham Knight. (laughs) You'll know it immediately. (laughs) Fact. (laughs) Um, but I say I say all that to say that Arkham Asylum it does it builds such a great foundation for what the other games continue, but they mm-hmm. just don't ever deliver on that boss battle segment. I think City does a great job of utilizing the size of its environment to its advantage. Although I do prefer Asylum more, I prefer that closed-in environment. It still does the story and the the idea of Gotham City justice and the homages to characters that aren't in there, all that, they're still there, still feels great. But Batman, a Batman game in this tight, closed environment with an intense focus on your detective abilities in a small, enclosed space, and then having these environments evolve as the game goes on and Poison Ivy gets out and making you traverse the same areas in different ways with different techniques and new types of abilities that you've unlocked as time times go on makes the game way more fun as opposed to like a city where everything is just open and free and you just have you're at your own disposal to figure those things out because it makes it makes the player feel smarter whenever they figure out how to get in that room that way and how do i get Mm -hmm. over there while avoiding this poison gas or oh my god there's a vent here i could climb up and go down like that's cool as opposed to just i'll jump to that building instead of that building like you feel way better in those tight environments so glad you said that and i do want to talk about like arkham asylum's legacy because you're right like this game is a proof of proof of concept not only for like the Arkham series, but also I think for an entire almost generation of action adventure games. Yes. Um, But one of the biggest problems that I had with both Arkham City and Arkham Knight is that traversal was generally boring. You know, it's a lot of gliding around and like, I don't know, it felt like a lot of wasted space in a way that Everything in Arkham Asylum is so purposeful. Um, you know, you feel like you get to know the environment so much better because you're backtracking across like what is kind of an enclosed area. Um, and it gives it a sense of character that I think Arkham City and Arkham Knight are really lacking. Yeah. And um, the And that's what really surprised me because thinking back to like reading the reviews. And what people loved about this game was how much they felt their knowledge of Batman was complimented. How much they Mm -hmm. felt like how much I love Batman will directly influence how I feel about this game because the environments are so well crafted to be for those types of fans. And not just the environment, but the story and uh, the music. I mean, everything was was for and by the fans. So when they kind of abandoned that, moving forward to you know these more broad open designs with cityscapes and things like that i get it it's hard to do but 
let's face it, there weren't enough abandoned buildings in Arkham <laughs> Arkham City to make you feel like you're in Gotham. You know, there weren't enough yeah. weird toy factories to make you feel like you're in Gotham. Like they're just <laughs> like, and I I say that you know partially being funny, but I mean it too. Like revisit those those cartoons and those comics. Like everything happens in an abandoned warehouse. Everything happens in some acid factory that God, I don't know why does Gotham have so many acid factories? Like it just didn't feel the same. And wrapping that background to Arkham uh, Asylum, everything felt fun. I really liked like running out out of a building and just like gliding like a hundred yards across like the, the field and like landing on an enemy mm-hmm. and taking them down. Like it never got old like running from one yeah. building to another because there was always something cool to see or a Riddler puzzle that would pop up or Joker teeth to smash. And like everything just felt so in sync. So I agree. It, nothing felt like a slog to get to yeah. in Arkham Asylum, you know? And it felt like you were kind of rewarded for going off the beaten path a little bit. And just, I don't know, exploration felt more meaningful because there was a clear line to where you're supposed to go and a couple of different things that you could explore. It, it, I don't know, it felt more purposeful than in Arkham City where you can just fuck around for a half hour, you know? Um, I, I'm curious to hear what you think about the pivot in art direction that happened between Arkham City and Arkham Knight. Um, I'm not going to talk about Arkham Origin because I only played it once, and frankly, I haven't thought about that game since I brought it up two seconds ago. <laughs> um, but, you know, the the sort of comic booky exaggerated art style that we were praising kind of goes by the wayside by the time we hit Arkham Knight for something a little bit more realistic. I don't know. How did, how did you find that? Um, it wasn't as jolting um and it, i think it was because i had already played are you talking about specifically city to like from that transition or asylum to city and the others i was gonna say uh from city to night okay there's a decided like i don't artistic difference i would say yeah, and I, well, I and I agree with you. Like, whenever I played that game, I, I feel the same way about Night as I did I, as you do about Origins. I don't. I didn't like <laughs> Night. I'm just gonna say it. Like, I just it was a fun game to complete. It was interesting, but like you said, it was like these games cater to fans. They cater to the mm-hmm. people who love the animated series and the the inspiration from those designs were so clearly evident um, yeah. in the, but moving into night, it was like, why make this story? Someone like, as soon as I saw the Arkham Knight and they were questioning who it was, I knew exactly who it was. Like mm-hmm. it goes beyond just the way that the games looked. It didn't feel the same. Like it, like I didn't even like how Scarecrow was the villain. I didn't, I don't feel he has the mind for that. Like I didn't, I didn't yeah. think it was well put together. So I think all it in felt, all, the game was just bad. So to me, it felt like um, where Arkham Asylum and Arkham City were much more inspired by Batman comics. Arkham Knight was inspired by Batman movies. Mm, um, that's a good point. I like that. 
I won't go so far as to say it was out and out bad, because there are things that I really enjoyed. Um, you know, finding a way to make the Joker an interesting character, even though he's dead, I I think was actually like a, a good way to inform Joker as a character and Batman's own mindset. You know, Joker starts to embody his own self-doubts and the things that he really worries about. Um, so I thought that was good. And like the overall mystery, I, there were a couple of twists in that plot that I thought were okay. Um, the art direction made it feel so much more generic as an open world game than either Arkham Asylum or Arkham City to me. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't even think that's like a hot take by any stretch of the imagination. Because <laughs> like, there's no arguing, like I was saying, Arkham Knight was not a mechanically sound game. Like it was very yeah. good. It was a fun story to play through. I still enjoyed it for what it was, but I don't think it was made for the same audience that the other two games were made for. Um, yeah. In, in terms of that, like fan service and maybe, you know, and I, I, I get eventually there is that need to pivot, you know, the, to move off of one thing in favor for the next. But, um, when, when the stake and reputation of your, of your knowledge and ability to present that type of story are on the line, you know, I think they, they mm -hmm. should have had a little bit more care, um, and followed that same formula because I don't see them doing anything else with Batman. So, so um, there's that. Nice. So, um, and, and I think the time, you know, by the time Knight got there, I think all of us were ready to put, take off the metaphorical cow. Like at the end of that game, I was very much satisfied and full with that storyline and ready to move yeah. on. So I think that's, I think that's absolutely fair, but it, you know, it, it, it points to something that you brought up before where the first two games felt like they were made for an audience of fans. Um, everybody should know who the Arkham Knight is. If you're making it for the same people, like, <laughs> come the fuck on, man. This is a, a well-known character. Dude, yeah, it was, I mean, legitimately, it was a slap in the face. Like, that yeah. you, you don't think, and I, I thought that, I thought it was so obvious that there was no way that's who it was. Like I felt like mm -hmm. that's what they were leading up to. Like I thought it was going to be someone I just wasn't expecting and it'd be like, Oh my God, like what a reveal. Like I had, I played myself because of how bad the like, <laughs> but like, should I have thought that though? Because look what we got before. Like look at the twists and turns that we got in city and then we got in uh, asylum and yeah, but this, it just didn't didn't hit home i don't know and like i said like even beyond that i just don't feel with what scarecrow is doing i just don't i feel like his love of fear and the control that he has like the story that they told was not one that like was that grandiose of a scale that like scarecrow would cook up and be like that yeah. intimately engaged with i just didn't i don't i don't feel like that's scarecrow so. What sucks is that, like, I completely agree with you. And they already had a model for Scarecrow in the first two games. Like, uh, the the Scarecrow in Asylum is genuinely creepy. Yes. Maybe not a mastermind, but, like, 
I don't know, he has this weird high-pitched voice and he's really cackly. And by the time we get to like Arkham Knight, he's, you know, a very sort of generic, gravelly voice. Like, I don't know. I don't know that bitch. I've never seen that guy before in my life. <laughs> yeah. And I, I love that design. The the Arkham Asylum Scarecrow is one of my favorite characters in that game because of the clear tributes from the older style. It has mm-hmm. and all obviously it is nothing like uh, the animated series Scarecrow at all, but like it sorta is. Like there's that gangliness to him like you said that weird laugh and that voice and it's doctored up for sure but at the same time you know the creative direction that they took with it was just it was pretty good like because the idea of he inspiring fear and him just being like this gangly scarecrow would have been weird i probably would have enjoyed it you know just for the artistic creativity but i like what they did with it in this the new characters going forward i just didn't feel like they captured that same direction but Arkham Asylum did such a good job in just about every way of like servicing the fans in a in a true comic book fashion, in a true animated series fashion, in a true way that made you feel connected to Batman that you I've never felt before. Like this this type of medium and yeah. presentation, you don't get that with Batman often. A lot have tried, a lot have failed, and you know, you had you had a good run with these two games and I just, I wish they would get that close to it and it's inspired a lot of other things, but I don't feel like any of them have gotten to the level that Arkham Asylum really put together for people. I think that's fair, but I do want to talk about a little bit about what this game has inspired. Um, Cause I think there's two ways of looking at it. One is mechanically. Um, you know, where we have direct in- inspirations like, um, you know, the Shadow of uh, Mordor, like those For games. Sure. Yeah. Which is absolutely pulled a lot from this. And, and <laughs> it's like a reskin, honestly, almost. It basically is. <laughs> but it benefits really well. And people realize, like, I think they were smart in recognizing, like, that power fantasy is equivalent, kind of. Mm-hmm. People who want to be Batman also want to be Aragorn. <laughs> true Hmm. (laughs) um but i think the other thing that it's done um and i don't think it gets enough credit for is inspiring um you know superhero games for those developers to really think about the mechanics of the characters that they're creating yes um I don't think you get Marvel Spider-Man without the Arkham series. Um, yeah, I agree. And it's a success. It's a huge success and absolutely cops from the combat system for sure. But they realized how much of Spider-Man is about that traversal and web slinging and put a lot of effort into making that feel very natural and give that same sense of mastery that you know, Batman has with stealth and combat. Um, I, I I don't think it gets enough credit for that. I agree. And I, and I think it goes beyond superhero games. Like just with like, I don't think we get Sifu without this. Honestly, I don't even think we get Sekiro True. without this. Like the quick 
the ability to have to make those quick time decisions during combat was it's relatively fresh for that time the time it came out and i'm not saying that this was <laughs> this was a direct inspiration for like something like Sekiro that's so advanced in its combat style but i think that right. there's there are probably five or six steps between here and there and i think that arkham asylum at least probably has a percentage of inspiration in those in those things uh, i i would not disagree I, I think that Sekiro has a lot of Arkham Asylum's DNA in it. For sure. You know, that kind of reactive, quick combat. Um, it was it, When I say that Arkham Asylum is a proof of, proof of concept, that goes beyond, like, the Arkham series, I think. That is mm -hmm. for how basically the next generation of action-adventure games is going to play. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, like combat centric things like i think that there's a lot of um like the list goes on and on like i could give like 10 more you know just different games that i feel could be could have been inspired by that combat but like the other end of the spectrum of that like it is not often you get before this detective games like condemned or even going back to like some more other ones were arguably just read this file and go find this object and be like, Oh my God, <laughs> the case was put together for me. But like scanning a trail of like tobacco and then using these like state of the art tools that arguably never would exist in the real world, at least not for another hundred, 200 years, even from now. Right. Felt great. Mm -hmm. And like, walking the footsteps of someone who's going to solve the puzzle felt felt real it felt good it felt like i was in those shoes as opposed to just like picking up an item and letting the characters tell me the story this game does that but it makes you feel like you walked the steps and did the work to get there so it feels more rewarding for the player and i think that's the disconnect that games have is people are smarter than what you give them credit for in video games People are pretty dumb, but they're smarter than what you give them credit for. And, you know, myself not excluded. Um, right. If you no, let people I think that's... walk that path, they're going to come to those conclusions or at least whenever it's explained to them. It's like watching a good TV show. Like you sprinkle mm -hmm. the dust along the way for people to pick up on the breadcrumbs. And by the time they pick up or it's presented to you, like people feel like, oh my God, I should have known that. A great TV show or a great movie does that. And a great video game is no different. So with this detective aspect, there's a lot of games out there that have that, but it's either, hey, go find this thing and we'll tell you the story or read this document and pick out the cute clue words with this lighter or some shit like that. And it just, I think yeah. this game does detective right. So I think it does too. It's like, I, I hate that I can't call this game a role-playing game. Because that's, I don't know, at the core of what those words mean, <laughs> that's what this is. Yeah. You know what I, like, true. You're, you're in the boots, man. <laughs> no, I, I often struggle with that, too. Because I'm like, well, is Metroid a role-playing game? Is Zelda a role-playing game? In the most yeah. truest sense of the word, it, it kind of is. But... um that's a but not what the not what that genre means <laughs> exactly which i think i 
this is a whole nother discussion, but I think that's one of the stupidest fucking, <laughs> it's a bad name for a genre. It's a good genre, mostly. No, I, of- <laughs> I agree. But I think like talking about the influences this game has, like, and I, I'm going to say this and it might be divisive, but I think that like Arkham Asylum takes chances in those areas because I could see someone visiting some of those segments and thinking, Ah, this is a little boring or this is a little like, I don't mm-hmm. know if I like this, but like when it's well executed, it just feels like part of the process. And I feel like all the way down the line to like games like Disco Elysium, like we're probably inspired by this type of how do we implement this detective like flow in a very natural way to make the game feel better just without mm-hmm. all the Cthulhu. So yeah. <laughs> So, I, we probably should have covered this at the beginning, and that's my fault for being a bad showrunner. But, Michael, would you say you like this game? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think, well, I think guess I like what, you game. fucking idiot? There's other people who have a second opinion. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, this one was a difficult one to put second opinions together for because it turns out that a lot of the critical ones are uh, glowing. Okay. So what I had to do was uh, strap on like goggles and protective gloves and go into the user reviews of Metacritic. Oh, God. Are you okay, Max? <laughs> I'm really not. <laughs> I, I am curious, I think though, because this is not like this game reviewed very well, like really, oh, really yeah. well. Um Incredible. And we're going into the archives for this, right? Because a lot of these reviews are written in like 2011 and 2013. Yeah. Um, deep. <laughs> so, and by the way, if you have more than three typos in a post, it shouldn't allow you to post. Like, I, I think. <laughs> yeah, the user section is gratuitous. Uh, I agree. Like, they're, they're very much, there's a lot of allowances there that they should have in line. Yeah. So this one I've picked out because um, I don't know if this person makes valid points, but they do construct basic sentences, and I, <laughs> that gives them a leg up on a lot of the other ones that I read. All right. I um, guess that's, a, that's the foundation of a, of a written review, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It is a, a very generous one out of ten review. Um, I'm sorry. It's a it is one out of 10, one out of 10. Oh my gosh. I'm going to read the first paragraph here. And then I just like some reactions to what you've heard. <laughs> I'm so excited about this. <laughs> Great. <clears throat> this is a game that I kept hearing things about for a few years now. I've been meaning to try it. I just recently got around to it. And frankly, I am dumbfounded looking at some of the ratings it's gotten. I wanted to like it. I really did. But it's been some time since a video game has left me so bored, and I don't think I have ever played anything more overrated, parentheses, except maybe the Halo series or Borderlands. I've, if I recall correctly, that is a copy and paste of what you sent me when I asked you how you felt about Horizon Zero Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> and I stand by every one of those words, Michael. <laughs> Uh, so my issue with this review, obviously, is it 
gives me literally nothing about. We're going to get into it. Okay. We will get into it. Also, I agree. Borderlands is trash. Borderlands is bad. But uh, if you're coming after the, look, the Halo series is good in the same way that I can say it's like, it is 56 degrees out and the Halo series is good. Like, that's just an (laughs) objective fact. It's just, Halo is like comfort food. Like, could yeah. it be better? Absolutely. But do I feel damn good when I play it because it's mindless fun? Hell yeah. Like 100%. <clears throat> the level design is bland and uninspired. The combat system is oversimplified. The enemy AI is utterly brain dead. Many of the early fights you can win even if you close your eyes and just start tapping the strike and counter buttons randomly. And I'm not exaggerating. Try it and you'll see what I mean. We're going to take this paragraph by paragraph. I mean, uninspired is a strong word. I mean, this this <laughs> game drips with inspiration. Like, yeah. you could walk into a room and, like, arguably point to pages in comic books where they pulled this from. Or, like, there is nothing but inspiration in this game. That was the thing that really, like... I was very surprised by because I've seen a lot of criticism levied at these games. Like, yeah, in the passage of time, and like, I don't know, maybe they haven't aged super gracefully, but I think they've done pretty well. Nobody has ever said, like, this is uninspired design. <laughs> yeah, like, that's a crapshoot right there. Wrong. That all is of just, the, that is factually incorrect. Every single area of this game is just dripping with visual storytelling. It's it's so good in like, you know, processing corridor D or whatever shouldn't be an interesting <laughs> place to be, but fucking is because there's such a history to it. You can feel the like thousands of villains that have come in and out of this place. Yes, it is. <sighs> you can feel the wear and tear. You could like you feel like in like when you're listening to like audio logs, like the echoes through the hallways and like. Things like that. It just, it's just teeming with life in a way like Dark Souls is, to where you could feel how the world would have just been there, just before you got there. Like, yeah. what if people would have been bustling with employees and and all that type of stuff? It's just, it's really cool. So this guy's a fucking idiot. I, that's something. Okay, this is something that I'm just thinking about. Like, there aren't a lot of cutscenes in Arkham Asylum. A lot of it is just you sort of progressing through the world. Like, there's a few, like, story beats, but they're Mm -hmm. quick and snappy and to the point. The rest of it is you exploring the area on your own, and that's where a lot of the storytelling gets done. Yeah. Um, Just through those environments. And I like how much—I know I'm, like, dipping back into earlier conversations, but I like how much of the story and the lore is told outside of the core, like, game— narrative like mm-hmm. there's i would say it's like 50 50 like ha- over probably about over half of this game is extra content for you to chew on you could play through this entire story do 10 percent of the riddler puzzles and not get to some of the extra areas don't fight some of the extra bosses not see some of the th- other things and just it still would feel very inspired and still would be dripping with like fascinating 
character lore, like from the one or two character tapes that you come across because they're just interesting. I mean, yeah. I remember the first time I played this game and I like was going back through and finding like the character tapes and I did the, like the Zaz ones where he's like mm. talking about murdering babies and I was like, <laughs> there's some taboo shit in video games and that's one of them. Like talking about dead children is usually pretty frowned upon. But like mm. you're dealing with like psychopathic murderers that have no right. hold. So you need to push those boundaries a little bit to make the player feel uncomfortable. Like I did whenever I first heard that. And it's like, just goes to show how inspired and unique and individual this game is. Yeah. And I'm glad you said that because here we get into, um, I, I, the person who posted this, I think wants to make it clear that he's considering like, all aspects of the game. So we get a little bit of slight praise for, uh, you know, a, a sense of objectivity. In all fairness, I need to point out that for a 2009 game, most of the visuals are pretty decent. Some of the character models are not that well done, but overall, it's not a bad looking game. The voice acting for Batman and Joker are excellent, but most of the other voices aren't anything special. Hmm. <laughs> That's just not true. That's just objectively like everybody in this cast is fucking killing it. Yeah. And, and most of it comes through in those those um examination tapes that you were talking about. You know, when characters just get a little bit of time to themselves to like I don't know, just put themselves out there a little bit to sort of like put the character on display. And they're all great. Yeah. Like, two of one. They're incredible. Yeah, and I, I, the game does a great job. I, I don't know if I'm ever going to get through an episode without using this word, but, like, creating, like, a wonderful juxtaposition between how this type of facility would operate versus how just deep and dark the people that are here really are and the mm -hmm. villains that Batman normally deals with because it's, like, this is the go-to, for miles, states around, the go-to state-of-the-art penitentiary for the criminally insane with, like, a really good reputation. But yet, like, in every single one of these, like, 15 to 20 tapes that you get, all of them are colossal failures. So, like, just yeah. by that fact, it just goes to show, like, how deep and incriminating and awful these people are and how good of manipulators that joker is and how like just sadistic edward nigma is like and they're they're all so well detailed that like you can't tell me that these are just uninspired unoriginal just dully acted things that this game felt alive like it, yeah it's so good <laughs> one of the one of the things that like it's never highlighted and i'm kind of happy about that, that it's sort of left as an open question, is that kind of hypocrisy of Arkham Asylum. Because you're right, it does have this reputation as like, you know, this is the premier place, this is a place of healing, yada, yada, yada. It is a glorified prison. There is not a sense of reform. Mm -hmm. So when you see shit like, oh yeah, Killer Croc, we generally keep him in a fucking sewer underneath the building. <laughs> like, oh yeah. I don't think this is a place of healing, actually. <laughs> yeah, and I, li oh, I like you know, how they subtly touch on that in, like, yeah. the... Um, or, like, 
prisoners wearing fucking shock collars or there's a shock floor. Like, not generally a thing you associate with, you know, reform. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Obviously, a little that goes to, like, the comic book side of things. But, like, Mm -hmm. that's not what I, the vibe that I picked up from and stuff like that. But how natural did it feel, though? Like, the game does a great job of making even those, like, super weird things that, like, you stop and think about as being sadistic. Did you ever stop and think about, like, punching these or suplexing these, like criminally insane every, <laughs> like every time michael <laughs> michael every, every time i can't stop crying um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like just you're right i mean the game does a great job of putting you in those shoes because that's everyday life for batman and mm-hmm. if you tell me that this game does a poor job of bringing that to life you're wrong because it doesn't <laughs> yeah i it, it feels so fully realized um. All right, rounding this out. <laughs> I can't believe this guy. Does he have a username on there? Give me this fucker's username. <laughs> I'm not saying shit. I know you'll harass people. <laughs> His name is Mis- Mr. Zangland. <laughs> he does end this with saying Horizon Zero Dawn sucks, which is interesting. <laughs> well, he's I'm glad too. I was able to get... I'm glad I was able to get my copy of this for free. I would have been pretty upset if I had to spend money on this turd. Like I said, I wanted to really like it, and I really tried, but it's just not a very good game. IMHO. I ended up deleting that to save some hard drive space, oh, because no. I know for sure God. that I'll never be playing this one again. It just gets mean. Like <laughs> <laughs> The last three sentences did not need to be there. Like... None he, of that. It goes in hard right at the end. <laughs> also, this game's like eight gig. It's yeah. nothing. What are you saving? Yeah, like oh, man. I, I I have games like that in my Steam library that are installed that I'm like, I'm never gonna play this again, but I go to delete it and it's like seven hundred megs or like two gigs, and I'm like, right. what is it hurting? Let's <laughs> leave yeah. it there. All right, you can stay, but don't yourself. get your hopes up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I I don't know. Like, there's just there's so much about this game that just doesn't like need to be said, and it goes to like the environmental mm-hmm. storytelling. The Riddler puzzles are fantastic, all the way down to like Batman's cape ripping throughout the course of the game to like make yeah. you, make it feel battle worn, and his suit gets ripped and torn and it's it Mm. really gives the sense like he's been through some shit tonight and but also on top of that like your little trips to the bat cave and like the sense of progression you get from that teamed up with you know how like tattered and bruised you're getting throughout the night and like the the subtle like bloody lip that you have like halfway through the game it's like little things like that like if those weren't there someone would have noticed them, but no one ever talks about them because they're so naturally placed in the game like Agreed. this. And like this, that is what makes good gaming. The devil is mm-hmm. in the details and it hurts me that there are people out there that think that way, but you know, as I guess this game's a turd that I would use a lot well, of words to describe this game, but turd is like 
probably the most insulting of all of them. I'd rather you yeah, say that this one game hit. is fucking trash than say it's just a turd. It's a turd. That hits hard. <laughs> it does. <laughs> and it's funny because I think a lot of the complaints that this person levied against the, the gameplay would have been uh, mitigated if they had turned up the difficulty. True. Which is what you recommended at the beginning and I think is absolutely right. That is like the intended way to play it, yep. I think. Yeah, and I think also, like, by finishing the game, or at least getting, like, 20% into it, he might have liked it more. But, like, mm. it's pretty clear this person was not a Batman fan or didn't ingest any other media other than Christopher Nolan's trilogy. Because, <laughs> you know, I love those movies as much as the next guy, but, like, it's not, like, that's a very different representation of Batman than what the comics give us so yeah i think that's fair i think that's definitely fair but so i don't think we can talk about this game without at least spending a couple of minutes talking about kevin conroy yeah because we had talked about covering this game just shortly um before he passed away and I started my playthrough afterwards and really tried to notice and appreciate how much he brings to the character. Um, I'm sure you're the same way as I am growing up on the animated series. So Kevin Conroy is the voice of Batman to me. Everybody else is imitating. Yeah, 100%. And the, the way he brings this character to life in this game. It's a, it is hand over foot. I remember whenever this was brought out, they didn't hold to that promise, but when this game came out, they had said, like, this is probably going to be like my last soiree, soiree into Batman. And Mark Hamill mm -hmm. said, I probably won't be revisiting the Joker after this. And again, right. they both lied. Thank God. <laughs> um, but like, you could tell because the performance they bring to life here is just, absolutely stellar and you just feel so alive living in kevin conroy's head in this game yeah like you feel so connected to such a iconic voice and i am i was pretty upset when i saw that he had passed away especially at such a young age and i'm yeah absolutely honored to get the chance to talk about this game and pay I'm, I'm i'm glad that we had the chance to talk about it and we released this when we did because it forces us to take the extra couple of minutes and you know put the appreciation and the love and respect on his name that it absolutely has and deserves and i hope everyone else feels the same way because batman will never be the same moving forward without the voice of kevin conroy yeah i think that's absolutely true and like, if you're listening to this and you have Arkham Asylum or any of these games, you know, somewhere, boot it up for a few minutes and just like, you know, just kind of take in his voice and the amount of work that he's putting into every single one of those lines to bring this character to life. Um, one of the things that really struck me and I think is such a good, subtle sort of choice that he made especially in this game, is that um, 
in the animated series, there was such a clear distinction between Batman's voice and Bruce Wayne's voice. Yeah. Batman was a little bit harsher and like, you know, Bruce Wayne had a more naturalistic way of talking. And in this game, um, Kevin sort of made that happen by using Bruce Wayne's voice for the internal monologue. Yes. Which is a little bit softer and more naturalistic than the performance of Batman that he puts on when he's talking with other people. I was... I think that... Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was I was just going to say, I was going to bring that up. I love whenever like you get on the comms or you're you know talking to Barbara or anything mm-hmm. like that, how there's a that shift and yeah just by listening to something not seeing it because nothing visually changes there's such a, a staunch difference and between the movements between those characters because if you know anything about batman bruce wayne and batman are two different people and batman is persona one and bruce is persona two so seeing right. that like softer tone hit like it, it creates mm-hmm. such a hard line distinction between those two characters and Kevin Conroy is just just continues to demonstrate just a master class of his abilities and I'm very excited that he's we're going to get the chance to hear him one more time and Suicide Squad kills the Justice League that yeah. that reveal at the game awards like it hit me hard and like the the thank you Kevin that came up like I was like oh my gosh like yeah. <laughs> cuz like as a Batman fan it's not just you know, paying tribute to someone that like is part of something that we like like the character of batman has passed away like that that mm-hmm. is the batman for so many people and rightfully so and we're mourning and grieving with you and it is a I, i'm absolutely honored to be able to attribute something like this to to kevin conroy so yeah absolutely Whew. hard to follow that up but <laughs> <laughs> no. I got oh, also, also, this is an insane thing to say, but also Mark Hamill is in this game. <laughs> and he fucking kills it. He's great, but Mark Hamill also is in the Star Wars Christmas special, so, you know. <laughs> Talk about a turd. Come on. Like that there, oh. we could use that word appropriately. I am so happy that we don't have to talk about Star Wars on this podcast. I have a lot of thoughts. Oh, man. Oh, man. But the, Any, uh, oh, go ahead. I, I was just going to comment on the Mark Hamill piece. Like, I know we spent like 20 minutes there talking about how like amazing Kevin Conroy is. And and we would have done that anyway, like regardless of right. his untimely passing. But like, Every character in this game kills it, but like the chemistry that Batman and Joker have and mimics perfectly the chemistry that the voices of Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill have. It is just so clear and evident the entire time you play this game that there's just such a love and appreciation for both of those characters and that strange, you know, weird relationship that Batman and Joker have that they're just part of like this yin and yang and of the world and it is just so it's so cool they bring those characters to life so well such a mad respect for what they do so i was reading up uh trivia before we got on the mics about this game and one of my favorite things is that uh mark hamill didn't read the script for it holy they crap. just put him they were just like they put it in front of him like we're doing a batman game we'd like you to voice the joker and he was like is kevin doing it 
if Kevin's doing it, I'm doing it. <laughs> that God, what a that's awesome. That's so cool. <laughs> Makes me so happy. <laughs> that, I have to imagine they've been friends for such a long time. I'd love yeah. to I'd love to sit down with Mark Hamill and talk to him about <laughs> about some of the like things and memories that they've had. And I hope I hope that the industry gets together and puts something like that together here in the yeah, next for sure. Months. Well, uh, Mark, if you're listening, open invitation to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we're going to be able to squeeze Mark Hamill into our schedule, you know? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know. We've got other stuff going on. <laughs> uh, any any last, like, lingering thoughts about this game? Just to close off the... Anything that you want to touch on that we didn't get to? Um, I am happy that there is no driving sequences of the Batmobile in this game. <laughs> um, and this, 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 is not a, this is not a I shot at Arkham. Arkham Knight. No, this, this at all, this 100% is not a shot at Arkham Knight. I think that the limited scope that it has in this game and how it was plunged into the water, was this, it was so cool. And like mm. and I say this because there's so many things for people out there that if you've listened to this whole show and you haven't played this game, like just one final thing to say the whole game is such a neatly wrapped gift of little things in the Batman universe, like the Batmobile, like all the characters, like the relationship that Batman has to each and every one of these villains are so neatly represented in ways like this, that the game just becomes this perfect package of everything but boss battles. So (laughs) definitely, definitely go out of your way to play this it's cheap you could probably find it for free on some somewhere or like for two Mm -hmm. bucks on like a code sell site or something definitely worth picking up can't say enough good things about this it is awesome to get to talk about it yeah i'm really glad we covered this one um this feels much more in line with something like a a personal favorite of ours as opposed to something that is an objectively good game even though it is but it's fun to be able to talk to something that we both love and recognize, like, there are flaws here, but weirdly, that only makes me love it more. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to recognize the good without the bad, because like I said before, it's sometimes it's really hard to tell if it's really bad or if it's just bad because it's being compared to just perfection. Some real highs. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe we're wrong. <laughs> Maybe this guy that we read the review of is completely correct, and you're listening to this going like, man, I tried to play that game, and it was fucking terrible. In which case, I would invite you to the Discord, and you could fight me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we will set up a uh, a fight room at Discord, and we'll, it'll be private access. Uh, you have to pay a just... dollar to get in, but this is going to be no one can <laughs> chat other than you and Max, and you just battle it out verbally. <laughs> I will just spam fucking Y and counter everything you say. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know whose point you're trying to prove there, but that's fine. <laughs> I really don't know either. Look, it's, it's tough to transition out of that into something sincere, but um, we've gotten a lot more. Uh, interactions and and hits on the discord and started a lot of good conversations which i've really enjoyed having so thank you so much for that we're getting a fuck ton of reviews 
um, oh, which is God, really helping us. I don't even us. know where that those came from. Listen, <laughs> between last time sense. we recorded and now, we have over a hundred five star reviews on iTunes. Like, I'm not mad about it, but like, for I'm real, not I, thank you guys. Like, that's fucking incredible. Like, in the numbers, like, shot up too. Like, we had five, six hundred listens a day. Like, it, it's insanity. Like, you guys are blowing us up for no reason and i'm not mad about it i appreciate it it's it's delightful you guys have terrible taste but thank you so much <laughs> i'm trash and max is trash and your tastes are trash but we love you anyway <laughs> <laughs> but now you're um, you're right it has been really cool lately with the discord because like it'll be silent for a day or two and then like one day like all day long people are in there having conversations i think the conversation about Arkham Knight happened in there, maybe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I swiftly excused myself from that conversation because it was pretty clear to me that I stood alone <laughs> on my platform. Um, you know what's fun <laughs> is I can hear you like not like holding back when you type sometimes. <laughs> it's like the you like see my name pop up at the bottom like average idiot one two one is typing it disappears and never never shows up. <laughs> That's exactly it. Where I'm like, I fucking know he had something locked and loaded. <laughs> That's how it goes. It's just better to not belabor the point. I, and I don't want you to think we're out here like slamming what people like and dislike in the Discord because that's not what it is at all. It's just, no, definitely. That's not. actually why I went out of my way to not say anything because people were having a great conversation about things that they liked, and I wanted to be like, "This game fucking sucked," and I hated this about <laughs> it. When people were just trying to have fun, and I'm not trying to be that guy, so, uh, which just goes to show how well Max knows me because he's like, "My Michael's here to shit on my fun." I could smell him hiding around the corner. <laughs> I, I absolutely know when it's coming. <laughs> uh, but the link to the Discord is down below in the description so if you want to jump in there we've got a lot of randoms you know jumping in and talking with us and we've got a few people that will just jump in and do like art or game and stream and we'll jump in and chat that's pretty cool um so you yeah. all are welcome we also covered big events generally like you know the game awards and things like that yeah yeah there's like there was, i think the whole game awards there was like a live chat going where everyone was talking about things um right all the way down to the Bill Clinton invader. So it's oh good. My God. <laughs> it's a good time. You so. know, it's, it, that's a nice book bookend, right? We start with Bill Clinton and we will end with Bill Clinton. <laughs> Roger summed it up perfectly by saying, he's like, there's so many good games and so many announcements and so many reveals tonight. And the only thing anyone's going to remember about this game awards is Bill fucking Clinton. <laughs> Bill Clinton. <laughs> the two seconds at the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> so true oh. but oh man all that to say thank you everyone for listening it's been a blast um i'm really excited to get this episode out because like you said a little bit ago like there's been like a really healthy mix of like obviously every game we've talked about we really liked but a healthy mix of like things that we liked and talked about because we've both played and then games we were played because we both really loved them and wanted to revisit them and um, I've loved every project that we've touched so far and I think every episode has turned out really well so if yeah. you think so too leave us a review if you haven't already um, jump in the discord talk to us about it um, and if you really like us and you really think we're doing a really good job uh, you can support us on patreon patreon.com slash 13 palm trees 
and that'll help our entire company grow because we have bills. Um, but don't <laughs> feel pressured. Honestly, I, I would take someone leaving a review over donating financially because that helps our exposure and continue to grow. Uh, and if you like sure. what we do, we have a web store, 13palmtrees.myshopify.com, where generally we have, we create custom cover art for every episode that we release of our podcast. And Daniel and I work on those together and they're all fucking awesome. And, 201, they've been incredible. <laughs> um, and all of those end up on some type of t-shirt on our website. Uh, we have stickers, all types of cool stuff for the show. So visit the store. Um, maybe you can fight Max's mom for Max head stickers. So Yeah, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> God. It was like the other day I got like a $78 order and like literally it was $35 of stickers. And I'm like, why? <laughs> Speaking of which, she she wanted me to pass on a message to you and she couldn't figure out how to add a, a comment to the uh, the order. But um, she said that she hopes you're doing well and she wishes you a Merry Christmas and she's been listening to our Zelda episode lately and really enjoying it. So... Really? Oh, well, tell Barb yeah. I said hello, even though I've never met her and there's a pretty low chance I probably ever will. So <laughs> <laughs> She'll be delighted to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> well, until next time, everyone, I'm going to be until trying to time. find a, a way to get in touch with Max's mom. So see you, see you what later. What else is new? <laughs> Good night, everybody. And just as a single reminder, uh, bullets can hurt you, and if you're being shot by them, you've made a mistake. Good night, everybody. Good night.